This holiday season, remember the families who've lost loved ones to COVID-19. Don't risk losing your loved ones. Stay vigilant, make smart choices, avoid indoor gatherings, and wear a mask. Spread hope, not COVID. For tips, visit michigan.gov slash holiday 2020. For all a message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at lesliemarshallshow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Happy Friday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy and talk. Thank you for listening on radio, on stream, on podcast, watching us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter's Periscope. Really glad to have back on the program today, President of the United Steelworkers, Tom Conway, the president of the USW, North America's largest industrial union. They have 1.2 million members and retirees, a strong group here in our nation, in Canada and the Caribbean. And they proudly represent men and women who work in nearly every industry there is. When you say essential workers, you're looking at USW. Tom is the union's most experienced contract negotiator in steel, aluminum, oil, and other major industries where USW members work. And he often directs bargaining during crises. And as you know, we're in a crisis and we know that we need relief. The relief is running out and it seems that time is running out. Uh, President Conway, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking the time, sir. More than a pleasure to have you back on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here, Leslie. President Conway, time is running out and quickly for Congress, but more specifically for the Senate, which is a Republican-controlled body of that chamber, to pass coronavirus relief because tens of millions of Americans continue to struggle to pay their rent, their mortgage, or put food uh, on uh, their table. Um you know, as the leader of over a million workers out there, how frightened are your workers? Uh, you know, because, you know, even though you're, you know, you're in a, in a union, you know, there are people out there that obviously they, they need this assistance. They need this relief, depending on what industry or sector of the workforce they're in or what company they work for. We still have while while we recovered since the initial pandemic hit in late March and April, we had a significant layoff. Since then, we've recovered about two-thirds, but I still have some 35,000 members on layoff, and they are facing a cliff, and and some have some supplemental help um, through contract, but many don't, and and they truly are um, the the $600 unemployment top-up expired. Um, You know, it, it varies from state to state. The average in the U.S., is about $450 um, a week. But in places like Alabama, you know, it's at 270. It's, it's just really kind of hard to live on. And, um, and the day after Christmas, all the unemployment's going to expire. And then at the end of the year, 
the moratorium on evictions is going to expire and, and you're going to see um, student loans start coming due again. And, and so Americans, I mean, the, the Senate may think they're facing a cliff, but they're all millionaires. The people facing the cliff are Americans who are stranded now and can't work. And the virus is, is increasing significantly. And the country is facing regional shutdowns and tightening up again. And, and we have still 10 million people laid off by BLS conservative estimates. And, and yesterday filed for another 712,000 new unemployment claims. And so the, those, those are historic numbers that haven't been seen since the Great Depression and the Senate sits there and McConnell says, well, it's a waste of time. Working on this problem is a waste of time. It, it's really amazing what that old crypt keeper's job thinks it is. He's, he's to do. But to ignore the plight of so many people is just disgraceful and, and, and ought to be criminal. You know, I'm with you, uh, uh, President Conway. I, I was so angry at the emotion that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell showed at the retiring of Lamar Alexander. Tears uh, getting of a and, 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 you know, uh, crying. And, and where are the tears for the, the people? Because unless Congress swiftly passes a stimulus bill, to your point, nearly 7 million Americans are at risk of being evicted and without homes um, as the CDC's temporary moratorium on evictions like you mentioned, is set to uh, to expire the end of the year, December 31st. Millions more then will slip into poverty. Millions more will become food insecure. We're already seeing long lines in various states, uh, people lining up at food banks. Um, the pause on federal student loans, that's set to end December 31st. And that means loan officers are going to be able to start charging interest again. And the day after Christmas, December 26, 12 million more unemployed people, again, to your point, will lose their federal and state unemployment benefits as the remaining $300 weekly bonus as the CARES Act uh, dries up. So to your point, um, I, I don't understand how some of these people like Mitch McConnell, uh, Lindsey Graham, got reelected. We know prior to COVID, over 400 pieces of legislation went from the House to the Senate. They sat there under Republican leadership and specifically Mitch McConnell's Republican leadership. They have made this COVID virus uh, a political, which it is not. It is obviously uh, a health issue, a human issue. And like you said, these are rich people and they're set to, to go on vacation and, and try and point fingers and make it a uh, political yet again. This is beyond astounding yeah. to me. No, it is actually disgraceful. I mean, the HEROES Act has been sitting there, passed in the House, ready to go. Look, I understand compromise, and, and I understand it from my own bargaining experience. And the, the truth is, rarely does either party get exactly what they want. But if you refuse to talk about it and refuse to move on it and let it sit here to the detriment of so many Americans, it, it's really just crazy. And so, you know, now they have, there's been this bipartisan group of senators who's come forward with a with a bill that has just kind of fundam fundamental issues in it. And, and you, right now, they've got to devise a way to get cash into the streets. If restaurants and bars are going to close again, I mean, we're still struggling with how schools are going to operate. 
and people continue to lose jobs on top of the continuing claims that are out there, the government's going to need to do it. I mean, we've just got to fill that hole and the states can't do it. And if we start to lay off first responders and EMTs and police forces and other forces who are going to help us through this epidemic, I mean, it's just foolish the risk that we're taking uh, with our citizenry because we can't get Congress to act. And it is truly all lies in the Senate. And, you know, there's, there's some of these senators got to step forward now and start to demand that a bill be brought up and that they get to vote on something. And that one person can't hold the entire nation hostage in this way. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I mean, to your point, if you look at the the map, the senatorial election map, Republicans are not in good shape in 2022. Mitch McConnell knows that. Um, and you talk about the bill, the HEROES Act, um, that the House of Representatives, Democratic-controlled House of Reps, uh, passed back in May. That package is $3 trillion in relief. It would stimulate the economy. It would certainly help American people out there stay afloat for the time being. Last month, uh, 80 million Americans voted for Joe Biden. And the, the, the Republicans aren't listening to the will of the majority of the people in this country. And many of those people voted for Joe Biden because they know that the country needs more help from elected leaders, not more rallies. And what, what was the Republican in the Senate's um, priority? Um, they didn't touch the stimulus bill. They ran through, they rammed through that Amy Coney Barrett confirmation for the Supreme Court. That mattered more right. to them. A, cons- a, a, a even heavier leaning six three, uh, you know, uh, which I consider a packed court. Um, a s- a Supreme Court, uh, you know, s- nominee uh, rammed that through instead of ramming through money that could help the American people. And you know, w- w- once again, I think this is one of the reasons Joe Biden won. One of the reasons that Donald Trump won is that it was an ineffective government. Yep. and had done nothing on trade for decades and had ignored job losses due to globalization. And he was able to move in and play on that. And even with Joe Biden racking up 80 million votes, Donald Trump got 73 million. But of those 73 million votes, many of those same people are in this situation as well. And so the Senate may think they can comfortably turn their back on them. But those Trump supporters are running out of unemployment. They're running out of health care. They're, they're faced with the same evictions as, as anyone else. So, you know, the Senate can't sort of divide this evenly down the middle if that's what they think they want to do. Absolutely. And they're going to get themselves trapped in this. And, and, ab- ab- absolutely. Know, they, they, they just got to do something on behalf of American citizens and workers and those workers who, I mean, really are. These are the essential workers. Yep, they they are. President Conway, we're going to take a quick break. I hate to step on your words because I love hearing you speak. Don't go away. We'll be right right back after this quick break. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. We are back. 
Pablo's Lee Marshall, and he is president of the United Steelworkers, Mr. Tom Conway. And I forgot to tell you, uh, before going into break, we were tight there. The website, please check it out and all that the USW do, usw.org, and follow them on both Twitter and Instagram at Steelworkers. Uh, President Conway, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Apologies for interrupting. If you want to finish up there before I get to my next question, please do. No, I'm, I'm fine. Let's okay. Go ahead. Uh, we were talking about the HEROES Act, and uh, the House actually updated that act this fall, uh, providing crucial assistance uh, to people throughout our nation, Americans fighting to pay their bills. Uh, this, so people know what the HEROES Act would do, uh, would funnel aid toward local, state, and tribal governments to keep necessary public services up and running, would expand paid sick days, family and medical leave, and unemployment compensation, protect essential workers by establishing a fund for employers to provide premium pandemic pay, provide COBRA subsidies for laid-off workers, protect essential workers and helping stop the spread of the virus by establishing requirements for COVID-19 testing and contact tracing, extend and expand the moratorium on certain evictions and foreclosures that set, as you mentioned, President Conway to expire the end of the year, December 31st, and leave thousands at risk of homelessness. And it would be especially important for workers because it also would require OSHA to establish an infectious disease standard, keeping employers accountable for COVID regulations, and thereby this would increase workplace safety. You know what the HEROES Act sounds to me like? It sounds to me like a union. That's what it sounds to me like. Yeah. Does it to you, President Conway? Look, it's, it's sort of common sense. I mean, if you think about, uh, from the last point first, when, the, when this struck and certain people were deemed to be essential and had to be at work, Employers then had a responsibility to make that workplace as, as safe and clean as they could. So, you know, responsible employers quickly set about obtaining masks and getting the equipment they needed and doing the sort of um, disinfecting that had to go on. But a lot of them didn't. A lot of employers just sort of ignored it. And people are at work and working in close conditions. And we saw it in meatpacking houses. And so many other places where people were working shoulder to shoulder. And so we wanted to get OSHA to establish a standard about, all right, we're now in a new era. We have this infectious disease. And shouldn't there be some OSHA standards for the workplace? That has been fought. They have fought that so hard on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce and other similar organizations. And, and, don't want any responsibility or any liability. And in, so, in fact, what's been on McConnell's idea and bill from the beginning is that a complete waiver of any liability that any employer might have connected to COVID in any way whatsoever. And, and it's just indicative of how we think of people in the workplace and that if we're going to compel them to be there, they don't want to pay them anything extra for sort of the, the premium pandemic pay. And they don't want to pay a $15 an hour minimum wage. But they want to deem them essential to be there when they're told to be there. And that sort of fundamental approach to workers in America is, is what everyone really struggles with it. It's what drives the inequality that goes on in our nation. And, and that sort of thoughtlessness of the people who are doing the everyday work, even in the hospitals, taking care of the sick 
who are in the hospitals and to say, well, I'm going to disregard the fact that you stood in a hospital ER room and ran the risk of getting yourself sick and bringing it home. And, and we're not going to have any responsibility for that. And we're going to insist that you work in here day after day and night after night. I mean, it's really at a point where, you know, Congress can't continue to ignore that sort of behavior and do the bidding of employers who want to act in that kind of manner. And, and so, look, the HEROES Act has a lot of good provisions in it. And it, and it recognizes that the states are going to go broke trying to figure this out. If, and, and they don't have the ability to raise funds on their own. And that families are going to need sick days and be able to take medical leave. And if you lost your health care because you got laid off due to a pandemic, you're in, we're in a pandemic. We, they ought to provide COBRA subsidies for those people who got trapped that way. And, you know, putting people out of their homes. And it's not that no one ought to make the landlord eat it. If you, if you, if you put the moratorium in place and give people enough funding to pay their rent, the landlord can pay off his mortgage and people can stay where they need to stay. This isn't that one sector of the economy has to eat this while another profits from it. Um, It's a thoughtful bill and it accomplishes a lot of things, but, you know, McConnell sees it as, well, we're going to bail out blue states. You know, when, when, a, when, when a tornado hits the Midwest, no one looks at the map and says, well, you know, who'd they vote for before we all move in with aid to help them? Or, or a flood hits a, a state. I mean, it's just not the way Americans think of each other. But it is the way that, that McConnell thinks of the nation, and it's it's disgraceful. I like the way that you put that, actually, uh, very well. I'm going to have to cut that, um, you know, and, and, and uh, without edit. I, I mean, the way you just put that, quite frankly, President Conway, when you when you talk about um, what the Heroes Act does, and and to go further, when you look at the Heroes Act, a relief bill, it's not just necessary for repairing the economy, because obviously politicians care so much about money, their own, uh, not ours. Uh, it's needed to help our healthcare workers to stop the spread of this virus. So it would give healthcare workers the resources they need to conduct COVID-19 testing, track community spread, fight the infection rate. And researchers and manufacturers are working furiously to produce and distribute these vaccines. Um, but, you know, it, 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 when you just look at it, even though they've been a well, just just speaking to that, can you speak to that? Because you have so many essential workers that you're responsible for, and I think people people forget. We're going to take a break and have you answer on the other side, President Conway. Um, people okay. forget this is not just about money in the economy, but this is also to help the healthcare workers who we're doomed without, and to stop the spread of the virus. We all want, regardless of where we live and our political affiliation or ideology, to put this bloody thing in our rearview mirror. Um, We are going to be uh, back right after this. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with President Tom Conway, who's president of the United Steelworkers. During the break, go to the website, see what they're all about. Incredible organization. He's an incredible man. And these are incredible human beings 
um, as essential workers. They, along with other Americans, need this money, need this relief, need this stimulus package because they are the true heroes as the act is entitled. It's website, USW.org. On Twitter and Instagram, follow them at Steel Workers. Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets. Back on Leslie Marshall, our guest is President Tom Conway, president of the United Steelworkers, North America's largest industrial union, over 1.2 million members strong here in Canada and the Caribbean. Their website, USW.org, on Twitter and Instagram, follow them there, at Steelworkers. President Conway, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Before the break, uh, we were talking about the relief bill, uh, one of, uh, the HEROES Act. And and I was uh, asking you to answer on the other side of the break, which we're at now, um, that this is not only necessary to repair the economy, but also to help our healthcare workers and stop the spread of the virus. So these acts aren't just well, about money. They're about health and putting COVID in our rearview mirror, right? We're not going to get out of this economic crisis as deep as we've been in, in memory without fixing the virus. I mean, and if we can't manage the virus and get it under control, then we're stuck with this economic malaise that we're going to go in. And it's much deeper than a malaise. We're going to head into a depression. So getting a healthy health care sector for us is crucial. And keeping that workforce healthy and willing to keep doing what they're doing is, is our only way out of this. And so when you begrudge health care workers what they need, to stay safe when they're in there every day trying to keep the rest of the country alive is just so counterproductive and so kind of asinine. And, and so until those folks can, and, and look, the idea of vaccinating healthcare workers first, it just makes great common sense. We need to get our healthcare people healthy to take care of the rest of us. And, and when the vaccine is finally ready for distribution and and everybody is going to sort of figure out where to line up to get a shot in the arm or two shots in the arm or where a very complicated vaccine is going to be kept in the sort of temperatures and treatment it needs, we're not going to have that done by by the local police over the fire department, it's going to get done by healthcare workers. And so we're going to be relying on our healthcare workers for a long time to come on a, on a very crucial daily basis, day in and day out. And if, and you know, our union, our name is the United Steelworkers, but I have 50,000 people inside our union who are healthcare workers in nursing homes and in hospitals. And from from nursing staff all the way down to people doing janitorial work within hospitals, and we have a thriving healthcare sector, and it's an important issue inside of our union that I have we have so many members who are exposed on a daily basis, but still show up and still do their job, and still worry about are they carrying something home 
And so to be arguing about the healthcare sector in this country and to be fussing about providing a healthcare provider relief fund, this, this compromise bill that's in discussion right now, it's got $16 billion in there for vaccine development, distribution, testing, and tracing, and it's got another $35 billion for healthcare provider relief fund. I mean, we're going to need to, we're going to run out of nurses. We're going to burn out doctors, the people who take care of us and who we rely on. And we've struggled so much getting them the right protective gear to be safe in their workplace. And then begrudge people saying, well, can I get an OSHA standard? So there's some standardization about how a hospital or a nursing home or an urgent care place ought to function so we know what the baseline is. We, to, to be fighting about that is just outrageous. So, you know, people, you can take for granted what's going on with the healthcare community, but the healthcare community are the folks who are going to save us. Once the scientists have this ready to go, they're going to turn to the doctors and nurses and say, okay, find America and get them vaccinated. And we're going to need them more than ever. So why we fuss about taking care of them is ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. There'll be people out there who refuse to social distance or wear masks. I was very upset. A conservative who I've debated on Fox News, Charlie Kirk, was saying, gather at Thanksgiving, you know, like push back against the, the liberals. And it's like, are you crazy? And being married to a healthcare worker, and I know you have healthcare workers in your family, uh, President Conway, as you uh, shared with me off the air, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's just unconscionable because these people, you know, doctors especially took a Hippocratic oath. They can't turn people away. I retweeted on Twitter a Jewish doctor this morning that was treating a COVID patient um, with Nazi tattoos all over his body. And he said that this virus has taught him to be even more uh, compassionate because, you know, there are just people out there acting like petulant children, putting themselves, their families, our families at risk and these healthcare workers at risk. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about solutions and there have been a number of smaller solutions proposed that would at least serve as, as a beginning point for a recovery, a starting point. Uh, Senator Mitch McConnell continues to stand in the way of that comprehensive help. I mean, there were states scraping together funds to soften the blow of the federal inaction. Democratic senators pushed to bring back enhanced unemployment benefits. Republicans won't be having it. And now we have a bipartisan group of senators that put forward a much smaller stimulus bill. Mitch McConnell's calling it um, a, a, a waste of time and... You know, I'm just I'm just wondering, um, you know, quite frankly, um, I, I, you know, I'm just wondering at what point do these increasingly worse COVID numbers fall squarely on the shoulders of Senator Mitch uh, McConnell? Before you answer that, let's just look at the data by Johns Hopkins University. The U.S. reported its highest single day of both new cases and deaths yesterday: 217,664 new COVID cases, over 200. 2,879 reported deaths. COVID now the number one cause of death, surpassing heart disease. And one American dying every 30 seconds of COVID-19, I think in North Dakota, every one in 800 citizens. So at what point do these increasingly worse COVID numbers fall squarely on the shoulders of Senator Mitch McConnell? Look, I I frankly have come to, I I guess they don't care. Is is really how else can you look at it? I mean, one of look 
for all the failings of Donald Trump, I think his greatest failing was that he saw this as an opportunity to get himself reelected rather than an opportunity to try and heal the country. And, and I think had he gone at it the other way, he might very well have gotten reelected. But instead, he decided to use this virus to divide this nation. And, and so the other ones are still clinging to that with it. McConnell and those groups who want to just sort of play games with this and ignore it. And a Republican Party that hasn't spoken out about what's going on. You, you mentioned yesterday's figures. And I looked up something last night. It's, it's, it's a weird thing, but it struck me. Yesterday, we had more Americans die than we did on the assault on D-Day on Utah and Normandy Beach. And when you have the images of that assault from World War II in your head and just the, the constant death that was occurring every time those, those soldiers tried to take that beach and, and how we think of how the slaughter that took place there yesterday in our country more, more Americans died than died that day in, in June of, of 44. And so it's sort of stunning that America's government is willing to sit back. Half of America's government is willing to sit back and do nothing about it. I mean, why did you decide to go to Congress to just sit on your ass and do nothing? or collect campaign finance monies? What, did, what do you think your job is? And, and so I look, hopefully someday it comes home to roost, but you know, given recent, the recent election and how people seem to view things, I'm, I'm not sure it does. It's, uh, we're in a very peculiar time in the nation. Uh, Ian, very, very well said. I mean, President Conway, the points that you make, I mean, there's a reason Arizona and Georgia flipped blue, and it's not just because people like that color uh, as opposed to red. And we'll see what happens in the runoff election. And when you just look at the sheer number, the volume of people that came out to vote, historic numbers of people came out to vote to change the direction we were going with the inept and failed leadership of Donald Trump in this administration, that's not personal and that's not even political um, I guess you could say it is personal because they just lack the humanity. Joe Biden now up yeah. to 81.2 million votes. Incredible. Second largest outcome uh, since 1900. Uh, thank you, President Conway. So good to have you with us. President Tom Conway, he is the president of the United Steelworkers. Like I said, follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Steelworkers. Go to their website, USW.org, and see all the great things they do. Uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back with him and you right after this. Don't go away. If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com. We 
We are back on Leslie Marshall, and he is Tom Conway, president of the United Steelworkers, like I mentioned, North America's largest industrial union, 1.2 million members and retirees strong here in the United States and Canada and the Caribbean. And uh, also, I mentioned, go to their website to check out more about them, usw.org, on Twitter and Instagram. Follow them there, at Steelworkers. Um, thank you for holding, uh, President Conway, and welcome back. Um, I don't... Um, I, I don't understand when you look, if you're going to make this political, as Republicans clearly have, they're holding a gun to their head, if you will, politically, because the, you know, the virus does not discriminate based on party. There are Democrats and Republicans who are getting this, Democrats and Republicans who are dying from this, Democrats and Republicans are healthcare workers. Um, and when you, when you just look at the exit polling data, so many Americans voted based on the inept administration uh, and President uh, Trump uh, in handling this, in handling COVID-19. In other words, if COVID-19 hadn't come along, Donald Trump might have been reelected. Um, it was the not just the virus, but the, the 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 late response, the means of response, or lack of total response and care about the American people that led to the victory of Joe Biden for many Americans. So why do you think Mitch McConnell continues to lead by dragging his feet and his other Republican senators follow in lockstep, if you will, and don't push back? Unfortunately, I think they're just afraid of Donald Trump. And 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 they cower before him. And, you know, I, he, look, clearly he's got a bunch of followers and he's got, you know, 70 million people who voted for him and, and that's a bunch of people. So I think the, the base of the Republican party has shifted so much. I think they have managed through state legislators, legislations to gerrymander themselves into districts where they can't have a real discussion and a real debate. They have just got to toe the line. And I think that, that the Republican party got, everything they could possibly have ever dreamed for out of Donald Trump. And I, and I think they feel like they got the brass ring when he got elected. And, and so, you know, they, the expectation, the polls had Hillary Clinton winning. Suddenly they get Donald Trump and they get the biggest historic tax break in, the, in nearly the history of the nation. Rather than invest in infrastructure, he gives it to the ultra rich and to corporations and says to the rest of the country, well, you're going to get a tax break too, which was nonsense. I mean, all we did was lower their weekly tax and, and they owed the same at the end of the year. And then he deregulated anything that had to do with workplaces, with food and drug safety, with environmental standards, and just went about this, this deregulation um, holiday that that they have just loved. And so everything along the way they've gotten, and I think they have learned that we'll just put up with his craziness and and he's a, the greatest salesman America has ever seen. Frankly, anybody who says Donald Trump doesn't have skills is kidding themselves. He has bamboozled half of a country into believing him. So I think they're fearful of him and they cower before him and they do what they're told, and and it's unfortunate. They ought to grow some spine, but I don't know if that's on the horizon. 
I, I, I agree with you. And, and uh, you know, you were talking about common sense earlier, right? And it's common sense that the spread of COVID would be so much worse if people are evicted from their homes. And if that's the case, more people will die. That's going to hurt anybody politically, Republicans included. So wouldn't, you know, if you were a politician, I know if I were, I would make sure that people aren't going to be evicted from their homes like that. It's, we're going to see the end of the year, December 31st. I hate to think about this, but I can't help but think about it. When you look at the communities where who are stricken the hardest by this COVID, it's it's sort of a built-in voter suppression plan for the Republican Party. So if neighborhoods of African-Americans and Latinx are suffering the hardest on this, they're not rushing to fix it. And, and I think that plays a role in this because you know, I mean we heard Trump say, well this is the Democratic governors. This is happening in blue states. So we'll let it run its course. I mean I, I think it is as crude as that. In the quiet of their rooms at night when they're all sitting around talking about how this is going, they don't think they they have the same sort of urgency to try and solve this problem. And, and I think it, that's completely ridiculous. It's foolishness because this is spreading everywhere. And while it's those, those communities are suffering hardest, every community is suffering. And so, yeah, poor people are going to, are going to get hit worse with this and people without means. And, you know, we're, we, we're hoping that will have a fair distribution of the vaccine when it's ready to go. But look, the truth is money's going to find its way to the head of the line in some of these cases. And we're going to have to be very careful about it. When they pass their, their pay protection act, when you dig into who got the money, it wasn't small businesses. It wasn't the small restaurant Correct. dry cleaner. It, I mean, it went to their friends. It went to their campaign contributors. It went to giant companies who didn't need that money to stay alive and weren't providing essential services. And so, you know, look, there's a lot of sort of fundamental dishonesty buried inside that party, and, and it's got to get rooted out. Oh, no question about it. By the way, everyone listening, if you want to call Senator Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader's office, and urge him to pass the HEROES Act or even the smaller bipartisan relief package, his Senate phone number is 202-224-2541. That's 202-224-2541. We will post that uh, online as well so that um, you can uh, share it. You know, uh, President Conway, um, another question is, uh, you know, they're ending the student loan interest uh, moratorium. And, and this is going to hurt, um, you know, students. And, and people have to remember, people take out loans for trade schools. People take out loans, not just for four-year college degrees, bachelor's degrees, but associate degrees and other types of training, um, you know, for, for the work. So, in addition to how can I, without a paycheck, pay for my rent, pay for food, I got this loan that I was given a reprieve for that's going to end with interest. And, you know, the, the young Americans, their success or failure will determine 
our nation's success or failure in the future, right? You know, if you're if you're a young American, let's say in your mid thirties and you're you're saddled with some student loan, the truth is in this country you have not had a chance to get on your feet. You grew up in the shadow of nine eleven and the country was crippled for a couple of years and the economy was crippled. And then about the time we're crawling out of that comes what they call the great recession in 2008, 2009, and you get slammed again and you can't get established as a young person and you can't find yourself way into a career. And now here comes COVID about the time that you're about to get on your feet again. And so young Americans, they voted, they came out and they voted strong because they're very discouraged and they're very hopeful that something will change. And the, and the, I believe the Biden administration understands that and is going to do everything they can to help them to work through that. But America isn't so bright and shining if you're a young person right now. And so to not try and help them in the area of student loans, which are so burdensome and the price of university is so far out of reach for people it's just foolish that we're not making that investment to have our brightest children get what they need to get ahead and to then move our country ahead. That is really as an important investment as it is in infrastructure and everything else we need in this country is to, is to provide a means of education for our people because education, knowledge is power and knowledge will move us forward. Brilliantly said. You sure you don't want to run for office? (laughs) I got a job. No, you got a good job. Don't leave your job because over a million people (laughs) rely on you for that job. Um, And uh, we like you right where you are, President Conway. President Tom Conway, thank you for joining us today. That's the end of this hour with the President of the United Steelworkers. Once again, go to the website, USW.org. Follow them on Twitter, at Steelworkers. Follow them on Instagram, at Steelworkers. And like I mentioned, you want that Heroes actor, even uh, a smaller bipartisan relief package, call Mitch McConnell's office and tell him to get it, get it done, do his job. 202-224-2541. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands. Add a little play to your day with the Michigan Lottery. Over 90 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. A Marquette County woman recently won $250,000 playing online. Could you be next? Sign up online today to receive 10 free games with promo code FUN. Visit MichiganLottery.com to add a little play to your day. Add a little play to your day with the Michigan Lottery. Over 90 online instant games to choose from with prizes up to $500,000. A Marquette County woman recently won $250,000 playing online. Could you be next? Sign up online today to receive 10 free games with promo code FUN. Visit MichiganLottery.com to add a little play to your day.